I come from a family with some bad stories around food. Um, my dad spent most of his adult life uh, between from 250 pounds up to 350. Uh, so these right two categories, a BMI of 35 to 40 and then higher. Um, <clears throat> how did we get, how did he get there? He loved sweets, but it wasn't just sweets. It was just piles and piles and piles of food. Um, my mother uh, actually got up over 160 at one point. So um, here, here's one of the, and I got up over 190. I'm currently 155. And <clears throat> what has all that got to do with uh, heart attack and stroke health? Obviously a lot. And that's the battle that I routinely fight. I have... Um, over the, uh, as an adult, well, as a young adult in college, I got up to 190. Then I decided I wanted, I needed to lose weight. Um, and uh, I uh, went on more of a low, low fat, uh, plant-based diet. Got down to about, uh, have actually for the most part of my adult life, uh, gone between 155 and 160. Uh, I have been over 160 a few times, um, a few years ago, got up to 170. Now, <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. What has that got to do with CIMT? With my CIMT, it has to do uh, with a lot. And we'll go through that over the next uh, few minutes in this video. <clears throat> my uh, arterial age tends to be uh, driven to a large extent by my uh, BMI. And I'm not alone. That's a uh, that's a key item. Um, <clears throat> I get a lot of grief for uh, being so uh, aggressive about BMI and body fat. Um, as you may know, and if you're saying, well, BMI is not exactly body fat, I know that, but if I uh, inserted RFM, relative fat mass, and every time I said BMI, nobody would, even fewer people would understand what I'm trying to say. So I'm referring to body, uh, body fat mass uh, or relative fat mass. Uh, fat does uh, cause some things that uh, challenge your insulin, uh, your body's response to insulin, and therefore your, um, your uh, routine sugar values, glucose values, therefore um, also some plaque values. And that is where the connections start to get made. There's a strong case that insulin itself um, drives a lot of this plaque as well. And that's not what this video is about. This video is just starting off making that connection between um, uh, body mass or relative fat mass and CIMT results. Now, as you start looking at my CIMT, my, one of my early videos, I covered um, my early experience with CIMT. Um, and made a case that despite having stayed around, uh, actually for the most part of my life, as I said in the 150s, 160s, I had uh, gained weight as I got older. I started getting that middle age spread. I was playing uh, two hours of basketball, full court, uh, twice a week, plus a, a, a half marathon once a week. So I was running too much distance uh, for a 50-year-old. Um, and I also decided to bulk up a little bit to be able to bump people around on the uh, basketball court. Um, <clears throat> uh, it was after one of those events, uh, one of those uh, 
two-hour activities that I remember uh, thinking about it and praying and saying, you know what, if I get too fat and start having some heart attack and stroke risk, maybe I can start uh, sharing some of this with the uh, other folks that are gray panthers or folks that are beginning to become gray panthers. I still expected, though, <clears throat> during after getting my first CIMT to do a, a victory lap because, again, I was not eating unhealthy food, again, plant-based, although significant carbs. That was in February of 2015. I was 57 years old, and I had uh, an arterial age of 73. Um, at that point, and I also had some plaque, by the way, um, at that point, I dis it motivated me. Here was the uh, representation of that plaque, 1.49 millimeters heterogeneous plaque in the right common carotid. I bit the bullet, um, despite being very anti-medications, especially on the uh, statins uh, topic. I decided to go ahead and uh, start statins. A couple of years earlier, I had developed high blood pressure, uh, went on low... I'd been on Lasartan for a couple of years. That's an ARB. Um, switched from the ARB to an ACE inhibitor, Ramipril, and um, started statins. I bumped around from uh, uh, Simvastatin, uh, Pravastatin, and then as the price continued to drop on uh, Crestor, I went to Resuvastatin or Crestor. Now, over the, I got very deep. I started a um, a more of a concierge practice and started doing more of these CIMTs, I was getting them, I was able to get them done every month because they'd come in to be done for my patients and I'd say, hey, while I'm here, let me hop up on the table. I saw a very interesting and uh, very nice pattern, linear pattern of a drop. You can see that pattern here uh, in the nomograms. Um, in October of 2015, just what, eight months later, I had dropped, uh, what, 14 years from 73-year-old arteries to 59-year-old arteries. In another October to September of 16, another uh, 11 months, I dropped seven more years. Um, these are nomograms down here. These are basically how those numbers of years are calculated. The arterial age is calculated. You see, uh, there's population norms for um, intima media thickness um, testing starting as uh, early as age five. The pink line is women and the blue line is men. Men tend to lay down a little bit more uh, uh, oxidized LDL inside the artery walls. If you don't understand um, IMT, intima media thickness test, or uh, LDL, or oxidized LDL, that's probably, that's, uh, that would be too much of a digression uh, for this video. So when I did that video, it was, uh, at one point, my uh, giving my devil his due, meaning actually admitting that, yes, lifestyle is very important, but uh, especially when, for the first few years that you start statins, they can be very uh, impactful as well. And if you go in and you look at the um, the statistics, uh, statins can do have a, a pattern of decreasing plaque during those, especially those first couple of years when plaque has just been laid down recently. Now, let's fast forward to another couple of years, uh, April 2018. So actually that was what, another six months after um, September, 
No, actually, what, 16 months? After September 2016. I was continuing to do these um, CIMTs because of the practice at that point, but I just um, did not save any of my values. Uh, I did an event at the Coy Center in April of 2018 with my friend Doug Thompson. By that point, I had started, actually at that point, I was starting to work full-time in the Medicare Advantage space. It's the it's very exciting for me because it's, uh, it's an area where Medicare is actually beginning to adopt preventive techniques. So I became chief science officer for a group of docs, about seven to 800 docs, who are focused on prevention in the Medicare world. If you think Medicare advantages uh, for poor populations, it ch- it's cheap, it doesn't give you selection, you need to be thinking again. Um, all of the other insurance uh, types, uh, private insurance, uh, Medicaid, all, uh, all of, the, of the major insurance groups are headed much more in that Medicare Advantage uh, route. And you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't see that as a bad thing. Anyway, that's a digression. I'll stop that. Let's go back to uh, my own scan results and uh, what happened with uh, me and my scan and my uh, plaque. Now this one is uh, 28. I still had um, maintained my weight. I had not started into that full-time travel and weight gain. <laughs> so I was still like 155. Um, still about the same uh, a right common carotid uh, uh, plaque in the or, or plaque in the right common carotid artery. Plaque for these terms, uh, discrete plaque is uh, labeled as anything over 1.3 millimeters. So you see I have several other numbers in here. Uh, right common carotid artery 0.8, left common carotid artery 1.0, but they don't have a letter next to them. The reason they don't have the letter is that, again, it's not 1.3 millimeters or higher. Where did we get that number? Again, from the research. If you go through the research, the, um, it's those discrete plaques that are 1.3 millimeters or peaks that are 1.3 millimeters or higher that contribute to your overall cardiac event risk, uh, cardiac and stroke event uh, risk. Now, <clears throat> so heterogeneous, the, that's the next question. There's no question as you watch the progression of these things. Um, soft, uh, you can see them, and that's the soft, inflamed, hot plaque. Echogenic is the calcified plaque. And despite what you may hear about calcification in arteries, calcification overall is, an ex- is a marker that this plaque process has been going on, and you've been going through the cycles of, laying, of getting inflamed laying down soft plaque um, and then stabilizing it and maybe going uh, getting inflamed again, softening that plaque again. But there's no question, echogenic plaque is stable and uh, that's what you want to have. Now what is heterogeneous or H? It's in between the two. So if you look at my discrete uh, plaque peak values, that's what they, where they are in, uh, at the Coist Center in April of 2018. Now, 
In comes uh, working for full-time in that uh, Medicare Advantage environment, traveling every week, and I gained uh, 10 pounds. I went from 155 up to 165, and I, um, I had an increase in my arterial age. It went from, this is uh, March 2019 at the Healthy Life Summit in Orlando, and I went from um, an arterial age of 52, 53, up to 58. So that's an increase of five years. Uh, I didn't go back to the 73-year-old number that I had uh, back five years ago. Uh, but I, I have to watch my weight. Um, <clears throat> if you look at the actual peak values, those discrete plaque numbers, um, they really did not change that much. This was really a risk... Uh, that was uh, driven more by uh, common, uh, common carotid artery mean uh, or arterial age. Um, if you go back and you look at these discrete plaques, the right common carotid artery still had a 0.8. The uh, bulb still had a 1.6. It was still heterogeneous. The internal carotid was still 1.1. On the left, uh, common carotid was 0.9. It was 0.1 before, I mean 1.0 before, 1.0 to 1.1. Again, not significant changes. Um, if you look at total plaque burden or average CCA max region or mean max, those really did not change significantly. What changed? My arterial age. Why did it change? You know, some of this, there's, I have no question, some of this could have been um, variation from the, um, the technique of the, um, the ultrasound tech, what we call the interrogation, because I've done other videos to show you how just a tiny, a few degrees difference, uh, in the, uh, orientation of the, um, of the, uh, ultrasound, uh, wind can result in significant changes. But that's for another video. Um, these cardio risks uh, were done by Todd Eldridge's group, and Todd does about the best job I've seen in the country on being able to filter out all of that noise and give us reliable numbers. So I got focused on full-time work, travel every week, uh, eating too much. I gained 10 pounds, and my arterial age went up. I've lost most of that. I'm back to back to about 155 again. Uh, we'll see over the next few few months what the impact is on my uh, CIMT my, and my arterial age. If you've made it through this uh, far, thank you again for your interest. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.